0: Ah. what's up man (laughs) oh shit man alright so check this out just hanging out here thinking about (coughs) this podcast right can't help but look behind me because it's my backdrop right guys um it's one of my favorite things mark we grew up looking at this picture in my dad's office uh he had a lot of different photos up there but this is my favorite so when Mark gave this to me, I was pretty stoked because it's actually, you can find these guys, by the way, you can find them signed by um, Bill Russell or Walt Chamberlain, um, but there's only about, they said about 100 of them that both are signed, all right? so I like how you just made that up. There's no way that's I know, true. right? It's great. But anyways, mm-hmm. so both of them are signed on that one. To me, it's a pretty baller picture, but I, it goes to the context of what's happening in today's game. Um, You know, we talk about LeBron James coming in in, uh, and Carmelo Anthony and that whole group um, just taking over the NBA. And and that's in our lifetime. Uh, We you know, we saw similar stuff in the early 90s uh, uh, with uh, uh, Michael Jordan, um, you know, the 80s with the Boston Celtics. So we've been through this before. um, But to be able to have an opportunity, we're able to really, truly appreciate as a young player, as a big man in the um, NBA, which we haven't seen the dominance of the big man in a long time. But to be able to have this opportunity to see Chet and see Victor playing against each other for the next 15 years, wearing an Oklahoma jersey and wearing a Texan jersey, bro, this is, this is absolutely amazing. I am, I've never been more excited as a Thunder fan, and especially the fact is, is that we got the better of the two, man. Chet is going to get the rings. He's going to get the accolades. I mean, he's going to get everything. Chet is special, and I think people are starting to realize that.
1: It's true, man. Yeah, we, we grew up fans of the Knicks in the 90s. Saw great Houston Rockets team being led by Akeem and going up against Ewing. You know, the Pacers had a guy named Rick Smits. The Bulls had a guy named Longley. Rick Smits, man. Um, the Magic had a guy named Shaq, and then he went to the Lakers like, the league was dominated by big men. San Antonio had Dave Robinson. And so it's, yeah, like there's some nostalgia to it. Um, there's also a guy named Michael Jordan that really dominated that whole Dude, time period too. But
0: like, like I want a huge shout out here, man, because with Michael Jordan, a lot of people don't ever mention this person. And, and, and I always feel like it's, it's a horrible thing, but we talk about great big men in the league. And especially during that time in the nineties, right? How can we not add Luke Longley to that name? Like, we have see Sabonis out there. We see Patrick Ewing. Like, Luke Longley was, like, the quiet um, peacekeeper in that, that Chicago Bulls locker. He was a, a defensive impact player. He was a rebounder. He did everything that he was expected to do. And on top of that, everybody leaned on Luke. And it's crazy that every single time we talk about big men in the league, and I know his, um, his, his stats weren't there, right? Yeah, But to me, like, big men are much more than stats. It's much more than just stats. And if you look at a successful big man, you talked about Rick oh, Smith, man. you know? Like, you he doesn't have the stats, stats to be considered as one of those,
1: you know? But he's What considered. would Luke Longley be, like, in today's league? Oh, dude, It would be so awesome to watch, man. Like, I... Because, <sighs> I mean, like, honestly, he could really shoot the ball. Like, yeah. And he like, would, and he would... He he would he would play that outside um in game that is so popular right now. Uh yeah, I mean and you go back like you your picture behind you is like black and white, Wilt and Bill. Like you go back even before that, you got George Mikan. You go back before that. Actually I don't know anything before that. But like here's the thing. Like the game is great. The game's been George dominated Mikan by was Griffin. the first superstar. So you're right. good. Right, right. And the the vibe I, I get with what you're saying about Victor and Chet is just that like like we're we're getting ready to see something special again. And we're hoping mm-hmm. it's Oklahoma versus Texas because, you know, as much as we love other sports and we love that rivalry in other ways, like, that, it's very meaningful to, to go against Texas. Like, we and love playing Dallas. We love playing San Antonio. Love playing Put this,
0: in, put this in perspective for um, all those uh, uh, fans that listen to our show, uh, Thunder fans that are um, in different countries. Look it up. It's called the Red River River Rivalry. All right. It's Texas versus Oklahoma. It's been around since the, you know, Texas red or uh, Oklahoma. Over a hundred years right? now. Over hundred yeah, years. Yeah. It's been around for freaking ever. All right. And and more so than that, if you look back at the battles and the wars of, um, you know, Oklahoma and Texas, like there was like, it, there's this like deep. There was Oklahoma Texas wars, bro. Bro, back in the, with the Indians. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah, dude. There was this the, the, the all right. So you have, all right. To check this out. We won't get too much into the history, but right. you had. Crazy stuff that would happen on the borders, and it's fun, dude. Like to me, like I, I look at this as now we have an I didn't opportunity pay attention in Oklahoma history. I'm sorry, everybody, <laughs> dude. I loved Oklahoma history so great. But you look at you look at this, and you understand the fact that now we have an opportunity, and and not just an opportunity, but we know it's going to happen as long as these guys stay healthy. But you have San Antonio in Oklahoma. You have a team that started it all. For Oklahoma, because you had an uh, owner with Clay Bennett that was a part owner over there in San Antonio that sold his shares, took Sam Presti, and went over and went to the Supersonics, right? And then Clay Bennett's like, I want this team in Oklahoma, right? He brought the Supersonics to Oklahoma, become the Oklahoma City Thunder, and now we actually have a rivalry again. Right, And, this and is we you look hate at San Antonio fans as much as they hate us. And it's so beautiful because if this happened to Dallas, it wouldn't be the same. But San Antonio, who have all the rings and the prestige and the, the big-time coach, like, bro,
1: it's on. It's Dude, on. you know what Greg Popovich looks like? Um, A chia pet you water it and the hair grows. Uh, anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> but no, dude, dude, seriously, when when will San Antonio be willing to admit that the um, apprentice has become the master? When will they be willing to admit that we are their daddies, dude? They know it. You don't have to ask Popovich; he just knows it. They're like, hey,
0: hey, Popovich, are the Oklahoma City Thunder your your daddies? And he's just gonna look at you and say, "Shut the fuck up," because. Yeah, he doesn't want to answer that. Like he would never answer. Fuck. No, they're not because he doesn't believe it. He knows that Oklahoma city thunder rebuilt properly and not just that, but they have the assets to somehow once in a while to jump up in the top five pick.
1: Yeah. Dominate. And grab,
0: absolutely. And, and grab a, an all-star type player. Yeah. Like we're, we're picking all-star type players with case Wallace and J-dub at, at uh, 10 and 12, you know, like, like, you know, you know, San Antonio's like, shit, shit. that was done properly. And just going out and, and having David Robinson get injured and picking up Tim Duncan isn't good enough anymore. No, it's not going to get it done. And it's not going to get it done. Like the Oklahoma City Thunder are rewriting how to rebuild a team. And not just that, but you think about it. We talked about the other uh, two podcasts ago. We talked about the rebuild, how quickly it was done. Yeah. we came down to the realization that that when the Oklahoma City Thunder traded Russ, that we could technically say that started the rebuild, but because that team was so good that next year, it put the rebuild on hold for one more year, which honestly, that draft year wasn't that big of a deal. And what we got at in return was much bigger. So for me, like I look at this and I just, I can't help but get excited, man. I can't help but understand that like the team that's done properly and put together properly you don't have to solve any issues. Yeah, You just have to look at it and say, okay, this player isn't stepping up right now. That's not a problem. Isaiah Joe's just not hitting his shots. That's not a problem. We're going to go lean more on Aaron Wiggins.
1: Wiggins.
0: Yeah. Right? You got it, man. Like th- We're going to lean more on Kaysen Wallace. We're going to lean more on this player. Guess what? Isaiah Joe gets to the gym and starts shooting 1,000 three-pointers a day. He's going to get back in the groove. And then... Scoop back over again. And that's what's so beautiful about this team. It's everybody talks about the, the, the starters. And, you know, there's a, a, one of our listeners that talked about having the starters and all these guys are playing in different roles. But the reality of what's happening is that the bench is the reason this team is going to win as many games as they are. Our starters could go out there and score 100 points amongst them every game, but it wouldn't be enough without a hell of a, an amazing bench. We just wouldn't because we cannot lean on these starters, these young guys, for 35 minutes a game. We can't do that to them. Right. We just, if we're doing that to them, we're fucking their careers up early on. You got to give them time, especially if you know you're going to make a deep playoff run like I think this Thunder team can make. You got to give them time, you got to give them opportunities for rest. So once yeah. in a while, they're going to rest Shea for two games. Once in a while, you're going to see Jay Delbrus for two games. Once in a while, Josh Gittes is going to rest for two games. And it's going to be perfect timing so they miss, like, two games, but they get a whole week of rest. You know, like, that's what's so great about this team and making sure that they get these players extra rest throughout the year. All right, and man. that's why I think that, you know, you look at this record, man. Think something. about it. Ten and five. All right. Let's just say we lose this game tonight, which I I don't think we will, but 10 and five. All right. If we continue that, that's five times. All right. So that's 75 games right there. All right. So that means we are um, 50 and 25. And we have at that point, seven games left because there's 82 games in the season. That's what I think this team is capable of. Is sitting here saying, we have 50 wins and we have seven games left in the season. How many more can we get?
1: Right, which would put us roughly in, in we're assuming um, position wise, would we'll be right around top three where, where we are now in the West. Yeah. But in the West, I want to make, make an argument that we're actually going to be better than that, um, than top three. I think, I really do believe we'll be the number one team in the West. I think. Um, you think there's going to the, be enough injuries? Well, I think when when you look at what's going on with the Nuggets, okay, um, it can be easy to say like, well, they're they're still up at the top and they're playing mm-hmm. really good. They started the season playing really great basketball, but there also there's some frustration that comes with playing deep into you know every single season. Your body yeah. starts wearing down, um, your mind starts wearing down. And recently, Jokic got, I think he got ejected. Mike Malone got ejected from a game, like. My point is, like, you just get kind of exhausted. and Absolutely, dude. Also, we know from the Jamal Murray injury, you know, they re- really are just one injury away. And this isn't a team that's been able to stay healthy forever. So yeah, I think that there's going to be some wear and tear coming from just multiple deep playoff runs. And the team, sure. is, we'll, we'll see that the cracks starting to form this year. It won't necessarily fall apart. But I really do yeah. think that we're going to start seeing that. I think we've already started seeing some of the early signs, but not necessarily in the win-loss column. But we also have made it clear that the the Timberwolves are absolute pretenders. Okay, so yeah. we we believe that wholeheartedly. There's not, there's just no way for them to maintain what they're I doing, mean, dude. They might
0: maintain it for three months. They might be able to pull it off for, you know, October, November, December. You know they might be able to do it. I, no. you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not Listen. gonna, not give it to them. But after that though, I'm not gonna give them I mean, like, anything. When it comes to the did, season could, on the line, no. how long could Team USA keep it together with Ant as the best player? Like but that's three my point. Games, three games but total. I, I would say Ant actually played well for
1: five games, okay, and that's he that's well, about but like the team. If, didn't, if you put that in NBA context you're in the league, like, all the bullshit. Like, friendlies, which I don't count those, dude.
0: But, like, like, if you put that in the context of the league, I think you um, can make it till December. I think that team can make it till December as right. pretenders. Well, I mean, and, and, and be there in that spot. Be Chris in that spot Finch that is a shitty wins. coach,
1: dude. Rudy Gobert, you can't punch a teammate and not have long-term consequences. And everybody lets Draymond Green. Look, they're, they're chumps. That team, it, they're a result of having, like, an early good run. Anybody can have a good run this length throughout the course of the season. A lot of bad teams do have a good run this length. It just so happens that they're starting the season. So everybody's like, oh, they're number one. We're not worried about that. Okay. So I do believe, like what I say about both of these teams will prove out on the course of the 82 games. Like there's going to be a ton of regression to the mean. We know that. The question is, where is the mean for the Thunder? I think the Thunder's average is going to be very similar to what you were saying. Like we could maybe move one more. lost into the lost column and still extrapolate and be like, yeah, that's where we kind of think this team will be. But I think it's the other teams that maybe are still kind of gearing up because there's really no separation between the top and the bottom with this few games left um, into the season. So I just feel like right now, there's no reason to think that we'll be the best team in the NBA or the best team in the West. Uh, There is plenty of chance for teams that are lower than us to pass us. But I don't think either of the two teams that right now what you would consider the top tier, which, you know, just sure. based on the win and loss early in the season, um, I don't think either one of those teams are gonna be the ones who who have that. I think Dallas could actually go on a long winning streak um, sure. and make a run at it. I think um, who else? Phoenix would probably figure it out. Um, there's plenty of teams that can probably put it together oh. on a on a short window. But seven oh runs it comes to... they can go on
0: seven 0 runs and we go right. four and
1: threes. Right. But when it comes to the course of 82, this team is ba- built for 82. We have depth for days. We see Coach Dagnall not getting players he wants for, sorry, in, in the game for many minutes. Um, yeah. And he has to find creative ways to get them in there. If we do go through a rash of injuries, which happens every season, the players who aren't getting minutes right now, who deserve those minutes, will get more minutes. I know I can list guys that aren't playing right now that Coach knows deserves minutes. Lindy Waters, Olivier Saar, Poku. Like, I, mm. I get some people like, well, you're not going to win a ton of games when you're playing those guys. I disagree. Like, it's all about balance. But Saar, like, is actually a big-time contributor on the boards, especially the offensive rebounds. He does a great job. Sure. He's been knocking down shots. Waters has been playing great defense and knocking down shots. I forgot to mention Sar's defense. has been incredible. Yeah. I mean... There's so much depth. These guys were getting minutes when Kenny and J. Will were out. Now that Kenny and J. Will are, you know, back, they've slid down, you know, and and they're fresh and they're ready to go. And a lot of these teams, like yeah, they entered the season fresh, but what happens when, you know, they play four games in five nights? They they're on to you know all these crazy travel schedules, and we find ourselves in the middle of January, and they haven't Hmm. really had a rest. Uh, This team we know from last year we're going to be hitting the gas in January. And in fact, this season, even though our record is very respectable and we're very proud of it, we kind of walk around with our dicks hanging out our pants right now because we're like, right. <laughs> we're pretty pumped up about our record, but the reality is we haven't even been playing good basketball. Just let that sink in Consist- for a second. I would say con- consistent no, basketball. No, we haven't been playing good basketball. Mm. Not for us. And here's, here's what I want to say about that. Like, um, every single player on the team is below their average, where, where their average will be at the end of the season. Hmm. Every single player on the team um, is not playing up to their expectations. But more importantly, okay, uh, the, what we want from the team, like what coach wants from the team, what Sam Presti wants from the team, offensively and defensively, we're just scratching the surface. If we end the season where we are right now, coach would see it as complete failure. Not, not as like a minor failure. But I mean, and if you listen to him talk, right, he's always like, it's a work in progress. We're moving forward. This is the vision for the future. And then he'll talk about himself and talk about mm. how it's his responsibility <clears throat> to get to the team to that point. I haven't seen it from anybody else who, who already can look at it and say like, yes, there's evidence on the court, things are going well. He's acting completely like he did last year when we Mm. were starting the season slow, right? And I've heard him say it so many times, like we don't want to be results oriented. We want to make sure that we're driven by the right things and we want Mm. to come back, win or lose, and improve on the things that we can improve on. So when it comes down to like, are we getting the the most out of Chet the best we can? Are we making the most of the talent that we have out there? I can definitively say no, right? And if you were to say like, um. You had Wilt Chamberlain or Bill Russell or, you know, whatever. Even just like Akeem Olajuwon, Dave Robinson, or Patrick Ewing or whatever we think check can be. Um, and you weren't really getting the most out of that player. Could you really be playing the best you could be playing? The answer would be no. Are we getting the most we can out of Shea? No. Are we getting the most we can out of Giddy? No. Jada, up? No. You tell me, David. Yeah. In fact, who are we getting the most we can out of? Well, nobody. And it doesn't mean like there's going to be any point where like everybody – is contributing their best at the same time. But I do think there are going to be games where we look up and most of the players are contributing their best at the same time. And people will say, like, we just went in and we played the second-best team in the NBA and we beat them by 20 points. Hmm. Like, how did that happen? It's like, because our coaching, our offense, and our defense is, is striving for something. It reminds me a lot of John Wooden. Um, hmm. He said, we've never played a perfect game. You know, they've won, they, I think they won like seven championships in a row or something, but we try, yeah. or we, that's our goal. Every game is to play perfect and you never reach it, but you always come in there. It reminds me of something else I heard. Um, Who was it? I think Patton said it, but um, you know, plans are bullshit, hmm. but planning is everything. And I feel like that's where we're at. Like this team, like they're, we have an ideal of perfection. We'll never actually achieve it. But when it comes to ball movement, when it comes to transition defense, when it comes to you know, turnovers, we're always striving for it. And we'll always hold ourselves up to that. And we'll never actually achieve it. But the closer we get to it, the more people will realize. And, th- and there's a moment. I'm sorry I just keep going on and on. But there was a moment last year, a few moments, when we were winning games, where the ball was swinging around. And there was no team in the history of the league that could stop what we were seeing. Yeah, like eventually, you know, the flow, you know, it's harder to keep going when the season's going on and on and on. But we haven't reached that flow yet. We, we've kind of won some games through brute force. We've won some games through pure talent. But, like, there's that flow that we're, we're still searching for. And when we achieve it, the, the level of play that this team is putting together without it, we'll win 15 games in a row. And when we look back and we're looking at this, record and we're like i don't know say like 25 and 5 w- what are people gonna say then oh they're too young they're not ready Da-da. like right now it seems like people are like being brave to say the thunder are contenders we're fucking contenders guys we're, uh, and you know it's not easy it's not even hard to tell who the pretenders are people have to talk themselves into it so yeah we're at that moment now it's not later it's right now uh, and i get it some people aren't willing to do that yet because um, especially in the Oklahoma City media, there's this like thing that happens where they want to wait till they get affirmation from outside media before they start saying things. But by then, you're too late. I mean, if Stephen A. Smith has to be like, the Thunder are here! You know, for somebody in Oklahoma City to realize the Thunder are here, it's too fucking late. You guys are supposed to be there to help other people recognize the potential of this team. And we're here now. So buckle the fuck up, everybody. Hell yeah. See you guys tonight, man. <sighs>